everyone. Another episode of Financial Aid Believes College Football Betting Podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Appreciate everyone subscribing, liking, reviewing, whatever it may be. Love to hear from people. Uh, love to hear from listeners. I know it's a newer podcast, so appreciate everyone sticking with me and sticking with the pod as we kind of start and go through this college football season. But we're on to week five. Almost on to week five. It's uh, almost halfway through the college football season, which honestly at this point sounds crazy. It feels like it's just getting started. But week five, then week six, and then we're about halfway through. So let's try to win some more bets if we can. And looking back at what we've done already so far, pretty good. We've done pretty well betting-wise on this podcast so far for college football, eight and four is the total for the bets that we've made on those Thursday betting shows. Um, all the bets that I give, whether it's uh, the group chat play or the the gut play, the gut play of the week, Baylor plus three. We should have gone money line for that game. Uh, that game hit. Baylor played a fantastic game against Iowa State. Uh, Minnesota minus three was about as no sweat as you can get as they take down Michigan State in dramatic as undramatic fashion as you can really take down a team. It was it was never really even a contest for Minnesota. Uh, Oregon, I have a bone to pick with Oregon. Uh, they weren't covering for pretty much the majority of that game, and then they finally were able to get a pick six at the end of the game. Looked like they were maybe going to cover. They were up by 10. Five seconds left. Five seconds left. And they give up a long pass that landed on the one-yard line. And they give up a touchdown for basically the last play of the game. And they only win by three. So that was fun. That was a fun way to lose that game for Oregon minus six and a half. I was so high on the Ducks. I was so high on Bo Nix. And they couldn't come through to me on the road. So that was unfortunate. Uh, Mississippi State, Bowling Green, over 52 hit. Love to see that. That was uh, pretty much a no-sweat one as well. The USC Oregon State, over 70 and a half, was a gigantic miss Probably one of the biggest miss of of the week. Uh, that was just a miss. There was not the scoring that I expected to go on in that game, and and the market expected to go on in that game. Over 70 and a half. You know, looking back at that play, I think you sometimes have to recognize that a total sometimes is just too high. And looking back, 2020 hindsight vision, you would have to have basically everything go perfectly to get a total over 70 and a half in a game like that. The game to it was 17 to 14. 31 points. That's all that was scored. More than half less than what we needed. I needed that in the first half. I needed more than that in just the first half to be able to be on track to cover over 70 and a half. So we really missed out on the USC Oregon State one. You live and you learn. And I think, you know, we talk about lessons. We try to look at lessons every single week, what we learn from our losses, what we learn from our wins. I think the biggest lesson that I learned from this week is if a total number is really high over, you know, 65, 66, probably, probably should take the under. Just because the chances that everything goes right, you have to have so much scoring. You have to have the pace go right. Almost nothing has to go wrong. You can't have punts. You can't have incomplete passes. You can't run the ball too much to run some clock. I'm going to start going under with some of these high totals, and I think I really did learn my lesson with that USC-Oregon State total of 70 and a half. So that that was a big loss. Clemson team total over 31 and a half. That one hit. Thankfully, it went into overtime as well. Clemson won. 
uh, didn't cover, but they won. But they got their over 31 and a half, and that's really all we needed. So a good weekend overall for the podcast. Four and two. Four and two our first week. Four and two this week. It's looking good. Eight, eight and four record on the pod. We're up three units, 3.1 units on the podcast. So if you've ridden all of our picks, picked exactly the ones that we made here on the podcast, you'd be up money. So that's a good look. 66% win percentage so far. Let's do it again. I'm going to have the picks episode come out on Thursday. already have some leans that I'm going to talk about in this episode. So I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Wittenstein. Uh, I put out a lot of my plays, especially on Saturday morning. I'll put out pretty much everything that I'll be betting uh, for that day. I uh, I do live bet, and I think I, one of the lessons I learned is maybe don't live bet as much uh, because that was not a fun experience. I live bet uh, UNC. That was bad. Did a couple more live bets on some totals. I might be done live betting. Maybe it's the drinking and the live betting that don't go together well, uh, which d- don't recommend doing that. That's an easy way to lose the bankroll. Uh, but that that certainly didn't help. I lost a lot uh, doing the live betting. Uh, so gonna gonna just stick with the gut. You got, you got to stick with the plays that you make before Saturday, and then when Saturday comes, close your phone, watch the games, hope for the best. That and don't bet too high of totals on the over. Let's look at some of the biggest movers as we do on this Tuesday episode of Financial Aid. Some of the biggest movers in the market so far, and again, I'm doing this on a Monday evening, so some of these lines may have moved even more or kind of shrunk back back to where they opened. But as of now, these are some of the biggest movers that we have seen from the opener on Sunday to about Monday evening. Uh, Washington. Huskies getting some money early on as they go to L.A. to play UCLA. Minus one, they started at, and now they're at minus three and a half. And I'm going to get to one of those games. I'm going to get to that game in a lean that I have for this one. But the Huskies, they look good. They're a team that looks really, really good, and they're now ranked for the first time all season long. Lots going well. Lots going well in Husky Nation, and, and, and the market's starting to reflect that, going from minus one through that key number of three to three and a half. Uh, against the Bruins on the road at UCLA. Florida State minus four, moving to minus seven against Wake Forest. This makes this makes a little bit of sense. I mean, Florida State looked really good uh, in their win against Boston College. 44-14, to 14, that's a dominating 30-point win. Wake Forest, uh, they've had some close calls early on the season. Looked like they maybe were going to beat Clemson. They came back. Clemson looked real good to start that game. Wake Forest kind of clawed their way back into it. Took them to overtime. Lost in overtime, but seemingly the market and a lot of these sharp betters that are getting on these numbers early on seem to think Florida State has a really good chance of of beating up on Wake Forest as they're now a touchdown favorite. I mean, it moves from minus four, a pretty solid favorite number, to that key number of seven. So that's a number to keep an eye out. Maybe if you like Florida State, wait a little bit. Maybe maybe Wake Forest gets some of the late late money back towards the end of the week. You get some sixes, some six and a halves for Florida State. Seven is it's a tough number. It's a tough number. If you if you really like the Seminoles, by all means, but maybe that line, since it really went up three points in a matter of, you know, thirty-six hours, that might be a game you 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 wait on to see if Wake maybe takes some of the later week money. Maryland has moved from minus seven minus four to minus seven. Play Michigan State at home and Michigan State uh, th- th- there's no other team that I think had such high hopes in the Big Ten that has just not been able to reach those hopes at all. The, the the defense is in shambles. They look awful. Peyton Thorne is not the quarterback that Michigan State hoped he could be. 
His completion percentage was in the toilet for the first couple of weeks. Come back a little bit, but eh, Sparty is Sparty struggling. Sparty is definitely struggling. They got blown out against the Huskies. They got blown out against Minnesota. The defense in that secondary are hoof. Ooh, they're they're not good. They're, they're not good. Uh, and and that line reflects it. Tagovailoa from Maryland. I, he looked like he could probably take Michigan down himself. He was he was playing well. Turnovers have always been his problem, but Maryland did look serviceable as a 17-point underdog to Michigan. So I think that's where Maryland's getting some of this money. Minus four to minus seven. Maryland now a touchdown favorite at home to Sparty. Not sure if I have a strong lean in this one, to be honest. Don't love that number. Maryland is more of a heavy favorite. Uh, I'd approach with caution, for sure. Uh, another, Some other big line movement, uh, Liberty. At Old Dominion. Old Dominion coming back, getting the win against Arkansas State last week. Uh, total has moved from 54 to 42 and a half. 12 point swing on the Old Dominion total. It's a really interesting move there. And I know if you're trying to bet some of these games that are happening in the southwest, the southeastern part of the country, excuse me. Uh, there is hurricane hurricane season is upon us, and so because there's some hurricanes, and because there's Hurricane Ian that's been coming through, I think they expect it to make landfall uh, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday time. So it's going to be rainy, it's going to be windy, it's going to be wet in the southeastern portion of this country over the weekend, and I think that's been affecting some of the lines. So just be cautious if you're betting some of those teams. If you're betting a game that's going to be taking place in Florida, Carolinas, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, kind of those areas around the Gulf and in the southeast portion of the, of the country, it might be – the weather may be a factor. Check weather.com. Check the weather app. Do what you have to do. Check the weather, and you'll get more information that way. But I think that's why a lot of these totals have been moving. Uh, and that's, you know, Old Dominion's in Norfolk, Virginia. I don't really think that's a huge reason why this total has moved down. But, again, if you're looking on betting the over, 42.5, Liberty's defense is solid, and we know Liberty's defense is pretty good. Old Dominion has a, a serviceable offense, and we saw it finally come alive in the second half against Arkansas State on Saturday. But 54 is a high total. 54 is certainly a high total, so... That's a number to be aware of if you're looking to play the total in Liberty Old Dominion. And finally, Minnesota-Purdue, another Big Ten game. That total uh, hasn't moved, but it's the spread that I've been focusing on. Minnesota goes from an 8-point home favorite to a 12-point home favorite against Purdue. Big reason being, Aiden O'Connell, Purdue's quarterback. Status is up in the air. Now, the line movement would have me think that he may not be playing because today it went from minus 8 to minus 12. So seemingly, it seems to me that AOC, Aiden O'Connell, probably isn't going to be playing. They talked about his status is up in the air. Jeff Brom said we're not going to know till later in the week. So if you want to bet this game and if you're looking to bet Purdue, this may be the time to bet Purdue if you're confident Aiden O'Connell is going to play because this is a pretty good number to get him at plus 12 on the road in Minnesota. Minnesota, for their credit, have been fantastic. Tanner Morgan, their quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten this season. We're rowing the boat. P.J. Fleck, you know, we were out Minnesota minus two and a half, minus three last week against Michigan State, and they looked fantastic. 
So that makes sense why this number is now in the double digits in favor of Minnesota. And if Aiden O'Connell cannot play, Minnesota might be a play for me depending on what that number is. If it's eh, 13 and a half, I might hit it. Minnesota's good. I really like the way Minnesota plays. They're, They're very balanced offensively. Tanner Morgan's a great quarterback, as I mentioned. Mo Mo Ibrahim has been a fantastic running back. And their offensive line's been good. So it's a really tough team to beat, and they're showing why. They they have a a serious contention for getting to the Big Ten championship game come December, winning that Big Ten West. So those are are the line movements to to be aware of. I have some leans as well that I wanted to get to. Uh, just to be some games to be aware of. These aren't bets that I've been making, but these are these are just bets that I've been looking at, kind of honing in on. And I may make some of these bets from this list of five on Thursday for the for the bet show that we're going to have. Uh, so just be aware. Maybe look into it more. Do some research for your own. See what you like. See what you don't like. That Purdue plus twelve is one of my leans. But again, the big thing is just check Aiden O'Connell. Just just check his news. Check his injury report. They're going to be making more injury news kind of towards the end of the week. So that might be something you want to be aware of. Uh, the line movement does suggest that he probably will be out for this one. But, you know, we saw Justin Herbert in the Chargers line move from minus seven to minus three and a half. So that's going to be something. And he, and he played. And he played. And people thought the line movement was because he wasn't going to play. So really... Just be aware of that. Be aware of that line movement. See what it does. Check out the news. Uh, but if if the line kind of stays around that way, if it even goes up a little bit higher, if I can get Purdue a plus 14, man, I'm, I'm going to jump all over that with or without Aiden O'Connell. Uh, let's look at another game, Michigan. Another Big Ten game. I'm kind of heavy on some Big Ten games this week. But Michigan travels to Iowa. Kinnick Stadium for the Wolverines. Iowa... <laughs> Certainly an interesting team this season. Can't score. Other teams can't score on them. Uh, Coming off a 27-10 win against Rutgers on the road. And this is a rematch of last year's Big Ten Championship game where Michigan just absolutely dominated. I'm looking to the first half is a lean that I'm making for this game. Michigan first half, minus 5.5 at Iowa in Kinnick. Michigan has not won in Kinnick, in Iowa City since 2005. 2005. Christian Bale had just started out in Batman Begins. That was the last time Michigan has ever won on the road at Iowa. And they're a 10.5 point favorite for the full game this time around. Uh, just some stats that I like. Why I like Michigan minus 5.5 for the first half. They can score. Iowa's defense is great. But Michigan's offense... They need a touchdown. <laughs> they really just need one touchdown in the first half. I don't think I was going to be able to score on them in that first half. That's how bad the Hawkeyes' offense is. Spencer Petrus, man, he I don't know if you could find a worse quarterback in the country right now, let alone in the Big Ten. He's putrid. So Michigan scores once. They score a touchdown and a field goal. It's not going to be easy. But their offense is second in the nation in first half points a game. They score 30 points in the first half of game this season for the Wolverines. And, and, and I know Iowa's defense is good, but Michigan is the third best first half defense in the country as well in terms of points given up in the first half. So they score seven. I don't know if Iowa scores a point in the first half of this game. All, all Michigan needs to do is one touchdown in the first half. They cover this minus five and a half line. So that, that's going to be a number I'm looking at. 
Other games, Kansas. They're hot, folks. I don't know why they're not ranked. I don't know the bias against the Jayhawks. Seemingly, AP voters uh, don't like Kansas, don't like their 4-0. I don't get it. They should be ranked. And now, even more disrespectfully so, they are home dogs against Iowa State. Plus three and a half against the Cyclones. Why not? Why not ride that Jayhawks train, right? Why not go Kansas? 5-0 and Kansas. I mean, money line might be an option, but for sure, if I can get them at three and a half over a field goal underdog, while they've been this hot, I'm going to take it. So that's certainly a lean for me, is this Kansas plus three and a half against Iowa State. Kansas has some really fun stats. If, if you look through some of their stats, their offense has been great. Jalen Daniels has uh, been getting a ton of money betting-wise uh, to win the Heisman this year. Kansas quarterback getting serious money in some of these sports books to win the Heisman. And the numbers back it up. Kansas 11th in the country in yards per play. This offense is legit, people. This team knows how to score. Now, if it gets a little bit lower than three, two, and you know, if it goes down, and Kansas gets some money, which I expect them to get since they've kind of been the hot, fun commodity these past week or so for people. Gets to two and a half, I might stay away. Just put the money line at that point if you're feeling confident for Kansas. But at three and a half, I really like that number. Home dogs, they're probably going to sell out once again. Two straight sellouts. I don't know when the last time two straight sellouts happened in Lawrence for a football game, but we might see it this week for Kansas because they've been fun and and it's a fun story you know what they've been doing all season long and hopefully if they do win against Iowa State they better be ranked they better be ranked or people are gonna start gonna get very upset uh two more games before we finish off this podcast uh, and have everyone on their way Washington UCLA that total is really high and again I talked about high totals to start this to start this podcast I think it's uh 66 65 and a half it started at 70 Started at 70. If it was 70, as I was recording this podcast, I would say hammer the under. That would be a play. That would be a Tuesday play for me to go under 70 for this game. But it's gone down 65 and a half. Just wait. This is one to be patient on because if it gets down under 63, maybe hit it. Maybe that's when you start hitting the over. But it's kind of at a weird no man's land type of number at this point. 65 and a half, 66. I can see him maybe getting 70 points. Just stay away. Be patient with this total. You don't have to bet it. But if it gets down enough, maybe that's when we start to hit the over because these are two teams that know how to score. We know Washington knows how to score. We know Michael Penix is good. We know Kalen DeBoer, his coach, puts him in situations that he's unbelievably good in. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR. Bruins one and only quarterback. He's good too. He gets this UCLA offense going. So th- these are two teams that really know how to score. It makes sense why that total opened so high. But it also makes sense why it was bet down a little bit because this game's at UCLA. It's a bigger game. The spread's a little bit lower, minus 3.5 in favor of Washington. Could be a closer game, which means the pace of play slows down a little bit. Maybe they get a little bit more serious with their play calling towards the second half instead of trying to air it out as much. So careful on the total. Washington minus 3.5 is also a lean for me. Don't love that extra hook on the three. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait to see if maybe UCLA gets a little bit of that late money throughout the week. Not super confident on that, but I do like Washington to win this game. They've, they've just been good. Their offense has just been overwhelming other teams, and I don't think that UCLA is in a position right now to, to play a good enough, perfect enough game to take down Washington, even at home. Finally, one of my leans, uh, final leans of the day, Western Kentucky minus six against Troy. 
I also kind of like the over 57 and a half of that game. Not as much, but Western Kentucky can score. I was looking up the stats uh, to make this pick and, and to put on the podcast, and I was I was even shocked because I knew Western Kentucky's a fast paced team. They love to push. They love the push and the push and the push. So they're going to be scoring a lot. But the, the numbers show just how incredibly that they score. They are third in the country in yards per play, and they are fourth in points per play. So not only do they get the most yards per play, but then they also score the most. That's a really nice recipe to cover six against Troy. And Troy is one of the better defensive teams that they're going to be facing. But, I mean, Western Kentucky, and you go through their schedule, and there's never a point where you say, oh, they they struggled to score. 38 week one. 49 week two. 30. Week three against Indiana, Big Ten opponent. 73-0 to zero against FIU on Saturday. This team loves to score. They move the ball. So minus six, I think offensively they'll just be able to overwhelm Troy. That's why it's a lean. Western Kentucky minus six. Maybe sprinkle a little bit on the over, 57.5. Maybe they'll be able to score it all by themselves. So those are my leans for this week. Michigan first half, minus 5.5. Purdue plus 12.5. Check the Aiden O'Connell news, though, before you do. Make any plays on that game. Kansas plus 3.5. Washington minus 3.5. Western Kentucky minus 6. Those are my leans. I'll have my plays on Thursday. Good luck.